0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now, here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 276 of the world's most dangerous podcast. Joining me today, very special edition of the podcast, the author of the Big 50, the men and moments that made the Cincinnati Reds your friend and mine, Chris Garber. How are you today, Chris?
1: I'm great, Chad. Thank you very much. And just to clarify, I am the author of the even-numbered pages only.
0: <laughs> exactly. It was really <laughs> difficult to write. just. I don't know why we decided to split it up that way. In retrospect.
1: You originally wanted to take the vowels and give me the consonants, so I think it worked out.
0: Yeah, this was a little easier, I think. So we're at the All-Star break, and we're here to talk about the Cincinnati Reds. And I guess that's the place to start is the All-Star game the other day. And uh, you and I were talking a little bit before we before we went on the air and, uh, we, uh, we both tuned into the all-star game and it was worth the price of admission just getting to see Luis Castillo. Am I right?
1: Oh, wow. That was so much fun. Uh, Mike, you know, I got little kids and they're still into the all-star game kind of in the way we were when we were younger. And, uh, I was tolerating the game and I was kind of enjoying some things. I was enjoying the, the, the mic up players. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Although I really wanted that to stop as soon as uh, Luis Castillo came in. I guess they were talking to managers, managers at that point. Yeah. But yeah, man, he was, it was so much fun to see you know, our guy, our Cincinnati Reds representative, or one of them, just putting on a show for the the baseball world. And uh, it was just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, you're right. They were talking to the managers, at one, and at one point – Casio struck out. I can't remember who the second batter of the inning was, but it just struck him out with a filthy changeup. And and the look on Alex Cora's face when that that happened was just like, oh my goodness, you know, what did I just see? I mean, it just... It's, it's fun to see. I wish they could have focused on him a little bit more rather than the, you know, MasterCard ad they were doing uh, with the managers. But, uh, you know, if, if, if you're watching the game, and you, that's, for a lot of people, that's probably the first time they've seen Luis Castillo. And just, he looked every bit the ace that we've been uh, sort of uh, loving all season long, didn't
1: he? Yeah, that his, uh, you know, his cartoon wiffle ball stuff was on display. And uh, it just... I think everyone was is uh, amazed by Castillo as as we are. And and honestly, I mean, he let it all go. He had one inning to throw, and they knew that was it for him, and he just let it all rip. So he uh, didn't have to worry about pacing himself at all.
0: So what, I, what I'm hearing you say here, Chris, and I just want to make sure that I can clarify. <laughs>
1: here we go.
0: Is that you're calling for the Reds to make Luis Castillo a closer.
1: I, I think what we'll do, we'll just try it for a little while. <laughs> okay. And then next spring... I'm sure he'll be fine with moving back to the rotation and I'm sure. just do it that way.
0: Yeah, just for the playoff run, we'll we'll put him in the bullpen. Uh, so, uh, what was fun about Castillo though is we were we've marveled at him all season. A lot of fans got to marvel at him that night, but it wasn't just the fans. If you haven't seen this video, uh, Justin Verlander, everybody knows Justin Verlander. He you know started the game and for the American League. And although still, I guess it shows my age. I'm still having trouble with, with the Astros being in the American League, but he had an instagram video during the game and it was uh during castillo's inning and if you haven't seen it yet you can go to the red leg nation uh, radio at red leg radio account it's on there um i'm sure other places have it as well but verlander's talking to his teammate alex bregman who has a helmet on and it's kind of funny the way he has his helmet on and um <laughs> it's uh in in the dugout he's walking out of the dugout bregman is to go bat and they're like who are you batting against and it's uh he said oh castillo and bregman and Verlander says something and then Bregman says, uh, oh, he throws a hundred with a you know change up that looks exactly like his heater <laughs> and, and Verlander's like, Yeah, good luck with that, you know, and sends him on out to the on deck circle. So that was uh that was a pretty fun moment to see the, the, the actual all stars. Those are two pretty good players there, marveling over air guy.
1: Yeah, I mean it it reminded me of the uh the time when Larry Walker, you know, put his helmet on the wrong way and was gonna bat right handed against Randy Johnson.
0: Yeah. Hey, what was he the got- dude here?
1: you got the best players in the world looking at, at the, a guy who's like, I don't I don't know, i got nothing. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Bregman had said uh, in, on the, the media day before the altar game, he had made a comment about how he thought uh, Castillo was one of the top two pitchers in baseball. I don't know if he's quite there yet. I think the only thing between being him and maybe even the best pitcher in baseball is getting that walk rate down. Uh, I think you and I both share a little bit of skepticism as to whether he'll be able to get it down a whole lot. But, you know, at his age, he's just 26. If he can bring it down even some, it just increases his effectiveness.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's obvious that, you know, a pitcher, especially with the strikeout stuff that Castillo has, if you take away the walks, he's almost perfect. But, you know, it reminds me, I was reading a, a Joe Posnansky, uh, you know, I subscribed to his newsletter, and uh, which is amazing, by the way. And uh, he wrote something the other day, he's kind of periodically counts down the top 100 players or his favorite 100 players, or maybe someday he'll decide what the criteria is. It's a hundred (laughs) players. And uh, he talked about Nolan Ryan this week. And that was one of the things, you know, Nolan Ryan, they're not the same pitcher, but Nolan Ryan walked people all the time. And he he was like that when he walked in the major leagues. And he was like that when he walked out, you know, 20 odd years later. And some guys with the stuff that Castillo has, the stuff Ryan has, they're not as great as they could be if they, didn't walk people, but I don't know, you know, I kind of think that's who they are, maybe. Yeah. And, it, and maybe he can tweak it a little bit, but he's going to walk guys. His ball moves all over the place.
0: And that, that's what I was going to say. Maybe that's just why he's so effective is that the batter doesn't know where it's going to go because it, the ball does. It floats all over the place. And, and part of having that uh, you know, talent is that you are going to walk some guys, but uh, he gets more swings and misses than just about anybody. I mean, that changeup is just, uh, you know, uh, it's it's not fair. <laughs>
1: No, it's not fair at all. Well, the funny thing about it, I mean, in the All-Star game, it, they were showing the radar gun, and it's like 85, 86 mile an hour changeup.
0: Yeah. Or, and,
1: it, and, it, you know, it, you, you think about that. I don't know if you ever batted off a guy who threw 85 or 86 for his fastball, but it's pretty hard to hit. Yeah. And man. now you think he, he's he got 15 more miles an hour on that thing or whatever.
0: It's crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, that's a that's a Bronson Arroyo fastball.
1: <laughs> yeah, on and, a good day. On a good day,
0: right, yeah. When Bronson's got one inning to let it
1: air, air it out.
0: <laughs> right. So, uh, and actually, mentioning Bronson and, and uh, talking about Castillo and Ryan and uh, and then Randy Johnson from back in the day with the, uh, you know, I just, uh, that's sort of one of the things I've always loved about baseball is there's no one way to do this. And uh, and Castillo's got his own sort of unique method, and I just, it's just fun to watch. So, we could probably spend an hour talking about Castillo, couldn't we? I will. <laughs> yeah, I'm game, right? Uh, it'll be our next podcast uh, for uh, maybe a Patreon exclusive, just
1: all yeah, of That's what people should pay to hear.
0: Yeah, right. I'm sure they want to do that. Anyway, so that was fun. Uh, Sonny Gray did not pitch, but also was added to the All-Star team uh, late, which was good and uh, deserving All-Star start. And, and what a year for for Sonny Gray, who is a flame out in New York, and he's just uh, public enemy number one. And then he back on his second All-Star team. So I, I was glad to see another red get uh, named to the all-star team. And again, this matters to no one except for me, it seems like, but would you have ever believed after what we've seen the last few years, that if the reds got two all-star representatives and really the top three candidates for the all-star team, were all pitchers for the Cincinnati reds.
1: Well, uh, I was told that they would get the pitching and they got the pitching.
0: They hash Brown got the pitching. Absolutely. So, uh, so that was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, glad you got a chance to watch that with your boys. Um, my son was do- do- suitably impressed by Castillo, but now it's time to get back to the real games. And this podcast will drop early Friday morning, so uh, when you're listening to this, tonight, first game back in the, after the All-Star break, and right around the corner is going to be the trade deadline. And that seems to be what's on everyone's uh, tongue uh, these days when talking about uh, what's happening for every team. you have any thoughts about the trade deadline or... How the Reds should approach it, or uh, you know, um, where are the Reds going into this trade deadline, and, and what should they do? Are you ready to answer that million-dollar <laughs> question?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think assuming that he's healthy, the Reds should listen to offers for Wandy Peralta.
0: <laughs> are you
1: insane? I I think they should be willing to talk about about almost anybody, including Wandy. No, I mean, I, what my opinion on the trade deadline? I, I think it's the same as as you and Bill and Jason and Doug and everybody. I think has kind of been about the same place. Is, you know, they're playing well. They're a pretty good team. They could be better. Uh, I would like to see them get better if they can this year, but not at the expense of 2020 and beyond. But at the same, you know, the same thing is I don't want them to dump a bunch of players this season and and kind of quote unquote ruin the chance at a pretty good season, even if it's not a championship season. So, uh, you know, this is probably one of those weird times when you, you don't pick exactly a path and you're open to possibly trading somebody away and you're open to adding somebody and you just got to kind of balance this year and next. Yeah, absolutely. It's a weird spot.
0: I think they're in a different spot than almost any other team uh, right now, and for two reasons, they got a bunch of guys who are on the, the final year of their contract, and you know maybe uh, maybe you want to deal those guys. You know, and traditionally at the trade deadline, those are the guys that teams are looking to deal away, bunch of players. And then the other thing is that you know they're kind of still in the race. They're four and a half games out at the All Star break. That's if we told me that, I'd have been thrilled and so you, like you said you don't want them to throw away any chance at a, a decent season even if they can't sneak into the playoffs you know a 500 season or thereabouts that's a that's pretty good given what we've seen the last uh, four or five years so people are always asking should they be buyers should they be sellers and my answer is always it's not that's too simplistic a way to look at it. you can't look at it like t- people teams are traditionally buyers or sellers i think the reds absolutely should be looking to make even a big splash a big deal but uh, and and to that end i think they should be looking to trade anyone in the organization i mean you'd have to you'd have to go pretty far to get me to part with Luis castillo or nixon zell but as far as i'm concerned if you think you can make a big deal to get someone in the organization who's going to be around for the next couple years after this year can help you this year plus a couple more years then i think it's time to you know uh Take a chance, I guess. And I don't know if that deal will be there at the trade deadline. You never know. But I don't think they need have any business trading for someone who's just going to help them for the next two months.
1: And, uh, I think that's true. Unless it's it's somebody fringy. Unless it's another bullpen arm that doesn't cost them much. Um, you know, like, like think about the kind of trades they made last offseason. And, you know, where we gave up decent prospects but not crown jewels. Uh, and got guys who are pretty good, but maybe aren't, cu- aren't you know under team control for a long time. A deal like that, I'm not saying you, you trade away prospects of the caliber we sent to L.A. or shed long, but a deal, a deal kind of like that scale brought down to a, a trade deadline kind of a thing. So you give away a number 15 prospect and you get a relief pitcher who is probably going to be your fourth best reliever the rest of the year. Something yeah. like that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, if, if you're going to get a sort of a rental, as they call it uh, traditionally, yeah, I'm okay with getting a, a reliever, something like that. Uh, some Someone that's uh, – like you called him a fringy guy. But in terms of getting someone that's going to – I mean, this team needs at least one more hitter. They just, they just do. And we'll get to the second half in just one moment. We're going to have some predictions for the second half. But I don't want to see – I don't think it makes any sense to trade anyone uh, for – anyone of it with any value – for so that's it's going to help the next couple months. Now, the other, the flip side of that, as well, is these guys that we have coming up, uh, they're going to be free agents at the end of the year. I'm not sure any of those guys, certainly in and of themselves, have a ton of value on the free agent market anyway. So I think if you're going to make a trade, it's got to be for somebody. The Reds have called it a controllable player, you know, past this year. But, yeah, I could see him trading Tanner Rourke maybe to somewhere. But you're not going to get a whole lot for any of these individual guys. Tanner Rourke, Yasiel Puig. I mean, Alex was named Pish, but he's – Let's see, Jose Iglesias be a free agent, uh, Scooter Jeanette, and David Hernandez, I think, are the free agents.
1: Yeah, the- yeah you're right. The guys you want to keep, the, the guys that have trade value are the guys you want to keep anyway. And the guys that have been playing well that you may not want to keep are, nobody's going to believe them. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to trade for Derek Dietrich and think he's going to OPS 893 the rest of the way.
0: Well, The Reds got him for free three months ago.
1: Same with the right. Iglesias. You know? Right. People, may, the most front offices are not, you know, Castillo trade and, and uh, Suarez trade aside. Most front offices are not that dumb anymore.
0: Right. Maybe the Marlins. Do the Marlins still have Christian Yelich? Maybe they'll trade in for Iglesias. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, let me ask you this, though. You're talking about trading number 15 prospects and all that. Are you willing to part with guys like uh, Jonathan India and Taylor Trammell?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, but for what, I guess? Francisco
0: Lindor, obviously. Yes. Noah Sindergaard, obviously. Done. <laughs> I mean, these are guys that are going to be around for two years after this year. I-, I believe both of them have two more years. And a lot of people will say, no, I don't want to trade Trammell and India for a guy that's going to be only here only two years, to which I say, you know.
1: I'll the, the take an MVP candidate when you can get one.
0: Yeah, two and a half years of those guys. People fall in love with their prospects. Yep, and I've tried not to do that. Although I, I hopefully, it looks like I was right about Senzel. You know, I kind of fell in love with him a little bit, but I would have traded him even in the right deal. There's no one that's untouchable. So, um, so you are in favor of acquiring Francisco Lindor?
1: Yes, I believe so.
0: Okay, is it going to happen?
1: No. Aww. I maybe I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I just can't. The Indians. Have done things recently that I just can't imagine that they would have ever done in terms of just kind of the way they half-heartedly dismantled that team. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I mean they're still good. Yeah, still in the mix in the American League. I mean, but uh, so I guess I, I believe anything.
0: Yeah, the, the only thing that makes me think they might be open to considering it is just that the, the sort of crazy way they went about their off season. But
1: still, well, maybe. Maybe they were holding one for the all-star game, a la Todd Frazier, and now we can <laughs> make a phone call.
0: Yeah, that did occur to me. The all-star game was in Cleveland, so maybe. Yeah, I don't I don't see him being available. And if he were available, I, you know, the Reds are going to have to really pony up because there will be a lot of suitors for his uh, services. So uh, how about this? If, if the Reds, well, do you expect the Reds to make a big splash, no splash, or just a tiny splash?
1: A tiny end? splash, like my six-year-old doing a cannonball.
0: There you go. Um, I think Tanner Roark is probably the most likely to be traded. Maybe David Hernandez. I could see somebody like Hernandez getting dealt. I don't see anybody else getting dealt. Roark has had a good season, and uh, he's pitching better this year than he has in you know the recent past. But he's been pretty good in the recent past as well. He's dependable. I could see some team needs a number three starter, number four uh, starter down the stretch. Uh,
1: I don't know, man. I, I, if you are a t- if your team is in playoff contention and Tanner Roark is going to start playoff games for you, I think you need to make a different deal or not make any deal at all.
0: Yeah, you might not be an actual playoff team, but what if you it, need a number four starter down the stretch and then transition to the pin for the playoffs?
1: I guess. I mean, do you really think a team that is going to make the playoffs if they don't have – if their number four and five starters are that bad? I mean, Roark's good. I, mean, I, think I don't f- know. I just He's just not sexy at all no, as he, far as an acquisition.
0: He's just Tanner Roark. And that's, he's fine. And no one's going to describe him as anything more than just fine. But I don't know if I, you know, if I feel like that's the difference between me getting in the playoffs and it's a crapshoot once you get in the playoffs and not getting as getting another starting pitcher, you could do worse than Tanner Roark. I mean, he's not.
1: I, right. I, I, yeah, I think that's fair. But what do you, what are you going to give up for
0: him? Yeah, no, I I agree. You have to what do you give up
1: for? What do they get? Nine starts, 10 starts with the trade deadline being the end of the month.
0: Right. You think they could get Matt Harvey for him? <sighs>
1: I haven't looked at what Matt Harvey's doing in a long time. Yeah, you is he still, is he still playing.
0: Uh, yeah, I think he's still in the league. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, that's what I feel like. I, you know, I think the the Reds ha- could have an opportunity, and they should be seeking big time deals everywhere. They should be talking to everyone. I'd be very surprised if they did anything that was too much of a splash.
1: So I, Matt Harvey's ERA is seven point five zero in ten starts this season.
0: Similar to mine as a ten year old in the
1: league. I'm glad that we did not keep him on the Reds.
0: no, there were a lot of people who were very serious.
1: They were about us extend Matt harvey
0: yeah, I, know. I mean listen, I've said a lot of dumb things, but I'm glad it, that wasn't one of them uh Alex Wood
1: uh yeah, I remember him
0: <laughs> i I don't know what the he's supposedly he's you know pitching without pain now. And should be back sometime the next couple weeks is the way I understand it. So, you know, knock on wood.
1: I thought, last I heard, I thought, well, I guess I heard the end of the month. I heard it until yeah. at least the end of July.
0: Yeah. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what you do with Alex Wood.
1: But I again, think you put ahead. him on the, on the uh, Sean Marshall. Uh, Sean Marshall and uh, what was it, What was the closer's name? That got hurt in spring training and never actually pitched a game. Oh, uh, Ryan Madsen. Yeah, Ryan Madsen. He's gonna go down in history with those guys, I think.
0: Maybe, but what if he comes back and pitches really well? That helps the team down the stretch.
1: You, I don't see I I don't know how it happens. I really don't. I mean He's good. He 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 was good, but they're not gonna take a guy who hasn't pitched in five months and put him bump, you know, a pitcher who's pitching above average from the rotation, right?
0: and the reds have five pitchers who are above average in their rotation yeah. right now.
1: So so wood's going to have to go to triple A and make what either two fantastic starts or three pretty good starts <sighs> and and be healthy and you know on time and and stretched out and ready to go before they're not going to if I'm them I don't just take Tyler Malley and take him you know out of or this and take him out of the rotation for to let Tyler Wood I mean sorry Alex Wood work himself back into shape in a pennant race.
0: Well, uh, the two things about that are number one, Tyler Malley. I agree because he's definitely going to be here and we don't know that Alex Wood is going to be here past this year. But the other part of it is I really truly believe talent wise. Alex Wood is the second best pitcher that the Reds have. And they're starting pitcher. I take him over everybody. The Reds have, except for Castillo, if, if healthy. And again, he's got a ways to go to prove that he's healthy.
1: I believe in the, uh, Vanderbilt Mafia restored Sonny Gray. <laughs> well,
0: I believe in Sonny Gray as well, but Wood, uh, Wood is just bursting with talent.
1: I guess, I guess what I'm saying is I, I just don't know that the clock the clock keeps running, and yeah, I don't know how he's yeah. going to make an impact this year. Like I said, if he doesn't get onto a baseball field before August, it's going to be at least two weeks of of rehab and sorting it out before he even gets into play. So now you're looking at – Seven starts, max?
0: Well, he's in Louisville right now, right?
1: Oh, is he? I don't know. Is he pitching for them?
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. He, he made one rehab start through a, uh, an inning and a third.
1: All right. I'm sorry. I thought he was, like, completely shelved.
0: No, he didn't look great, but he did make his first rehab start in Louisville. So, he's yeah, – I agree. I think the how you use one
1: him – One and a third inning.
0: It's, hey, that's more than uh, most of the Red starters for the last four years.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it just looks like he got <laughs> – Either he hit a pitch counter or they pulled him?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, bringing him along okay. slowly. So, he, I mean, he was going to be down there for a little bit longer, but I don't know how they handle him. And we do have a viewer mail question about him in a moment that uh, we haven't touched on in our discussion, so we'll leave that for there. Uh, second half is uh, starting, as we said, and I thought it would be fun. I don't know about fun. Nothing about this podcast really is fun. You know, we slog through <laughs> it every week. It's a bunch of bunch of dumb <laughs> talk
1: it'll it'll kill some time yeah it's just
0: i'm counting down the minutes until
1: somebody's stuck in traffic right now so
0: (laughs) right and if you are i'm sorry i'm sorry you're listening to us Uh, i thought it'd be interesting to make some second half predictions and uh, here's how we'll do this i have uh i have three second half predictions and i'll make one and then i'll let you make a second half prediction and then we'll go back and forth
1: okay should we write them in an envelope and Or, oh, we're going to say them out loud.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure that'd be great. I started to say great radio. Great TV. uh, Yeah, it's going to be, will not be great TV. Absolutely. So, uh, we'll make these predictions. And then when they are all completely wrong, we'll let one of our viewers call us on it when the season ends. Here's my first one prediction. Second half prediction for the Cincinnati Reds. At the end of the season, Joey Votto will be leading the National League in on-base percentage.
1: Hey! That's my prediction. So what? what's the number? Because uh, Yelich is way up there, man.
0: He is. I've got the numbers in front of me. First of all, Joey Votto is at 360 on-base percentage. That's 23rd in the National League. So he's got a lot of guys to pass up. Number one in the National League is Yelich at 433. <laughs> <laughs> number two, Cody Bellinger, 432. Now, number three is Jeff McNeil, and then Juan Soto, 49406. So th- th- those are those guys are within reach.
1: He's got to make up 70 points of OBP.
0: Well, I'm going to assume Yelich and Bellinger are going to drop back some in my fantasy world here.
1: Okay, okay. They're pretty They'll good. They'll come enough. back. They're going to drop down to 410. Votto's going to get up to 411.
0: That's sort of what I'm thinking. So that's my prediction. Joey Votto, by the end of the season, will once again lead the National League in on-base percentage. Do you know how many times Joey Votto has led the National League in on-base percentage? Six. Well, that's a good question. I'm looking at it right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. So this will be the eighth time. All right. And the most recent three times were the last three years. So I'm saying he's going to lead the National League in on-base percentage for the fourth consecutive year.
1: Well, i like to see it.
0: 2015, he had a .459 on-base percentage. Second best of his career and did not lead the league.
1: So he's going to have to do that for the rest of the year. Why can't he? No, I mean, yeah, he obviously can.
0: Wait, are you doubting Joey Votto? I'm is that just what I'm saying, hearing?
1: Just, I'm just explaining the Ugh. pace at which Joey Votto is going to have to get on base the rest of the year.
0: Yikes. Yeah, he's going to have to do pretty well. So, But it's Joey Votto. I never bet against Joey Votto. So that's my prediction. first prediction. Prediction number right. one. What do you got for us, Chris?
1: Prediction number two uh, is one that's not going to make me popular and someone's going to hopefully rub my face in it. I predict that Derek Dietrich ends the year with less than 25 home runs.
0: <sighs> yeah. He's at 18 for a while now.
1: <laughs> It'll a really a long time. Yeah. I saw somewhere I don't know if it was the Reds account or something. It was like on Twitter yesterday. It was like, just because you haven't seen it in a while, here's a picture of Derek Teacher getting a home run. I was <laughs> like, you know, don't rub it in. We haven't That's... seen it in a while.
0: Oh, I remember that when he used hit home runs.
1: Yeah, that, yeah,
0: that was a good time. Uh, I'm pulling up his game logs now to find out the last I was just time. Doing the same thing. He hit a home run. Oh my goodness, he's hit one home run. Oh, this cannot be true. He's hit one home run. Since May
1: the twenty eighth, yeah, he hit three in that game, and there's only been one since. I, I here can I make a prediction? One A, one A. Let's hear it. Derek Dietrich will be hit by pitches more than he hits home runs this oh, season. Wow,
0: now that's not that's not a crazy prediction because this he gets hit a lot. He he's been has. hit
1: seventeen times. Yeah, and he's got eighteen bombs.
0: That's crazy. He's been hit by pitches seventeen times. No one else in the Reds more than six. Yeah, Jose Peraza.
1: How does he? Well, good for him.
0: Yeah, I guess. get on base. He way you get out there, <laughs> you want to win. In front of you want to win, don't you, Stein? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Take one for the team there. Um, wow, Derek Dietrich more hit by pitches than home runs the rest of the way. I mean, Dietrich is what he is, and he's coming back to earth some, but he's still a fairly effective bench guy that can play around the field. That's why everyone was kind of happy when the Reds signed him, and he had a good uh, few months with the juiced ball and a couple months anyway, and. Now he's come back to earth. But then again, I could see him going another hot stretch where he smashes a few. But
1: he's, he's got a weird year. I mean, his batting average, he's basically home run or nothing.
0: Home run or nothing which, here on Home Run Derby. I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> he's got, uh, what, 25 extra base hits and 18 singles.
0: But on base percentage, 349, and an OPS, you know, is just under 900. You'll take that.
1: I will take it. I will take it. I hope we get something. Yeah. Approximating that, I'll take the 750 or 800. You know, the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So my prediction. This will be prediction number three for the podcast. And I'm kind of going out on a limb here, but this is this is uh, this is what I do here. I'm not afraid to toss out the hot takes here, Chris Garber. This is the hottest of hot takes. All right. The truth of the matter is, there's never been a hot take that involved Cody Reed, but I'm getting ready to give you one.
1: Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Cody Reed will establish himself in the bullpen as a valuable member of the bullpen in the second half, and he will be the best left-hander in the Reds' bullpen the second half of the season.
1: Wow, that is a hot take. I I was going to make a Cody Reeb related prediction, but I was not going to put him above my man Amir.
0: That's the tough part. I love Amir Garrett. Who doesn't love Amir Garrett?
1: I count on Amir.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Count on A.G. Uh, I just – Cody Reed's hurt right now, but uh, she'll be back soon. And the Reds are searching for that second left-hander in the pen. It wasn't Zach Duke, as we all could have predicted. It wasn't Wandy Peralta, although I think Peralta may be back. The Reds have to make a roster move for tomorrow's game, and I'm afraid it's going to be Peralta. Um, and I just think it can be Cody Reed. He's clearly got the stuff. He's never really got an extended trial in the big leagues. And the last couple of times he's been in the big leagues, he's pitched. Okay, I just – he may not be a starter like I wanted him to be. It's a, a mere Garrett Light, maybe, but I, I think he's going to finally establish himself, and he will be in the Red's uh, bullpen to start two thousand twenty.
1: Crazy, crazy talk. No, not at all, not at all. I was going to go right down the same path, actually. So now I got to come up with a new prediction.
0: Well, you can go ahead and make your make it. Uh, you know, three A. No, it was
1: a, a watered down Cody Reed prediction, and that's not why people are tuned in here.
0: Yeah, you got to step out on the limb here if you're going to be on. <sighs> well. Radio. No, this is probably, the world's most dangerous podcast. It is dangerous.
1: Um, I want to be positive. I'm going to say that Yasiel Puig ends the season with 37 home runs.
0: Wow! You know, I almost made a prediction, and it's not one of the ones that I that I made here, but I almost made a prediction. Of, I was going to say 35. So you, you... I, uh,
1: yeah, well, it's like it's like The Price is Right here. I I uh, I was going to say 35, and then I'm like, ah, he's hit 20 in the first half, so. I think he's going to play at least as well.
0: Yeah, you would think he'd play better. I mean,
1: he's, I thought he was going to play. My prediction is Yasiel Puig is going to play better in the second half than the first, but uh, not hot enough take to say he's going to hit forty bombs.
0: Yeah, I don't think I can go that far, but uh, he'll be mid thirties, I think, which is a you know, his career high. I remember looking before the season was not uh, was not that high. He surprisingly has climbed back. He's been so hot lately. His career high in home runs twenty eight.
1: Yeah, you know he never he never played a full. That's the only that's the only time he played a full season.
0: And he was in Dodger Stadium.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 on the road in San Diego and San Francisco.
0: Right, and no juice ball.
1: He may I'm get not, forty. He, he might as it heats up. We like uh, we usually hear that as it's summer. Uh, Great American Ballpark, the ball carries and all that kind of stuff. I hear that once a twice right. a week on the broadcast.
0: Well, the last, let's, let's not talk too much about the broadcast. We love Chris Welsh. I love Chris Welsh and I love Jim Day yeah about every every third day I, I enjoy your uh, tweets about how much you really love uh chris Welsh and jim day
1: <laughs> i I say something nice <laughs> exactly
0: exactly, And those guys are are really good um and you turn me on to Jim Day's podcast, which is uh, a laugh a minute sometimes
1: oh and, and and then other times it's it's moving and it's it's compelling and you know
0: did you know that you needed an hour with George Grant?
1: Man, I love that hour. I did not know I needed an hour with George Grand, but I, I didn't even listen to the first four innings of the game that day because I was listening to the podcast with Jim Day and George Grand.
0: Uh, you know, I, I remember back when George Grand was uh, calling games every day, and I was so frustrated with him. I, I don't know, but I can't figure out now why I didn't like him because when he shows up for the rare game now, <laughs> he's just a breath of fresh air.
1: We were awful people. I, think that's that's all I can say.
0: I think that's yeah. it. So uh, did you listen
1: to the, did you listen to the the George Grand episode?
0: Oh yeah, oh absolutely, yeah.
1: That was the first time I'd heard that that George stepped back from the Reds voluntarily.
0: Yeah, me too. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, that I mean, was, luckily, uh, luckily, Tom Brennan was available.
0: <laughs> Fortunately for all of us, um, mm-hmm. but but you know, Jim Day, and here we are talking about another podcast. Uh, Jim on Day, another the, network. On another network, right? Jim Day uh, and Tom Browning told a little bit of a fib on the Tom Browning episode, though. They said that it was the uh, first time Tom Browning had ever been on a podcast, but 10 years almost to the day, actually, 10 years to the day, a lot of you are listening to this, he was on the Red Leg Nation radio podcast. And that was a, that was a fun conversation. So, but the best episode of that one by far, just to finish this out, and you turned me on to this. We were actually doing a book signing in Columbus, and you said you got to listen to the Sean Casey episode. So I listened to it on my drive home. And, I mean, it, it, people overuse Laugh Out Loud Funny. I felt like I had about to pull off the road. I was laughing so hard a few times.
1: It's it's amazing.
0: Yeah, fantastic. All right. Anyway, can you believe Yasiel Puig is a dead average hitter according to OPS plus now after that miserable start? Isn't it weird? Yeah, and Votto is essentially the same after just an awful first six weeks. So.
1: And Winker is dead average too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Winker, if you take out the first nine games, is like well above average.
1: Is Winker the reason they lost those first nine games?
0: Clearly. It's all about, I would say about 98% Winker's fault.
1: One and eight, Jesse Winker. Thanks, Jesse.
0: Yeah. Other 2%? Roselli uh, Iglesias.
1: Oh, I think I say Shubler. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> poor
1: Shubler. Bless his heart. <laughs> oh, Rest in peace. What a month. I'm just looking at this. I'm just looking at these guys. That w- Matt Kemp was on the roster.
0: <laughs> Remember him?
1: <laughs> vaguely. Vaguely. There was a, uh, a red during the, the broadcast the other day, there was a trivia question, and it was about... Which players? The question was originally clearly originally written as which Reds made the All Star game for a different team, mm-hmm. but because it included Zach Duke and Matt Kemp, they had to say which players who played with the Reds this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, you could tell by the way it was worded. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it was maybe at the Athletic or somewhere I read a, an article about the guy who does oh, those that great? questions that was the the really, guy. Yeah, the scoreboard stumper guy, and uh, and that's what he said in there was you know we had uh, the. Yeah, Matt Kemp loaded up for one of these questions. You know, we were just sort of hoping he was on the active roster, I because he was hurt or something. They were hoping when, he was back
1: or something. Yeah, they also talked about sometimes that he's like, Well, we we're pretty sure this guy's gonna get traded, so we like had to load up a bunch of <laughs> Yeah, let's get him in now. Jay, we had a bunch of Jay Bruce questions we had to burn off real quick or something.
0: Yeah, that's the type of dumb stuff that I that I'm a sucker for. I'll read those things. So all right, one more prediction from me. I don't know if you got another one, but here's my last prediction. The Cincinnati Reds it's a National League Baseball Club, are going to win 84 games this season. They're going to finish with 84 wins. They will, however, narrowly miss the playoffs. But 84 wins, everyone's going to be happy as we go into the offseason.
1: How, so, how crazy
0: am I? They've won 41 at this point.
1: So. I know. I'm trying to th- – well, so let's see, 162. They I was told there out. would
0: be no math.
1: I right know. There's 75 games left. Yeah. So they got to win – what,
0: 38?
1: Yeah, 38. Hmm. That's not that hard. What is that,
0: 38
1: and? Uh, yeah, this is why I'm a journalism major.
0: 38 and 30, I think.
1: 38 and 30. No, like, yeah, it's got to be right.
0: I mean, they got to be eight games over. They're five under now.
1: All right, that's easy. I think that's easy. I think they can do, do that, that right? Sure. Yeah, I think they'll do that for sure.
0: You know, before the I, season, I said 81, I think is what I predicted, or maybe 82.
1: I mean, they're pretty good. They're not great, but they're pretty good.
0: They're they're fine. They're I think they're slightly above
1: average. In, they're they're more than cromulent. <laughs>
0: they are certainly more than cromulent. And uh, kudos to the first person to tweet at Chris Garber with uh, <laughs> uh, explaining what the where cromulent comes from. Uh, so that's my prediction. I think, but I do think at 84 games, that's not going to be quite enough. I mean, I think their best bet is going to be winning the division. Than the rather than the wild card, I don't see eighty four games getting it in the wild card. I don't see it getting it in the division either. But right. eighty four games, you know, 84-78 after losing ninety plus for four straight seasons, give it to me.
1: I I'd, I'd love it.
0: Inject it into my veins. All right, you got another pr- prediction for us.
1: Uh I'm out. You're uh I'm
0: out. You're uh We're still not going to get to hear this Cody Reeb prediction. This
1: you're just you're teasing us. No, I was just going to say Cody Reeb is going to come back and be very effective in the second half so oh yeah not interesting as your hot take
0: there chris
1: yeah <laughs> you know the last time i made a hot take <laughs> i had to block about 700 cardinals fans on twitter
0: you want to talk about that really briefly
1: because <laughs> that was an interesting episode best fans in baseball oh man you know i had to wave that guy off so one day when the reds were playing the cardinals back in may i'm guessing Yeah, i think it was may the the Reds broadcasters, the radio team, was just talking about Yadier Molina and how great he is. And he's a great player. He really is. But, And I think he's got a plausible, viable conversation about the Hall of Fame. Sure. He's in the mix. But they're, yeah, yeah. And, and believe me, I learned a lot more about the case. <laughs> but uh, the, 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 the conversation was such like, well, you know, he's obviously a Hall of Famer, clearly a first ballot Hall of Famer. And that kind of a thing. I thought, that's... That's not even close to how good he is in real life. And I tweeted something like, I don't, you know, if, if overrated is the difference between you, how you're perceived and how good you are, then Molina is the most overrated player in baseball history. Hashtag hot take.
0: <laughs>
1: That's a hot and, take. In some corners. The way I use Twitter, I think I'm talking to about 15 people, right. people who <laughs> the 15 people who bought our book
0: exactly and, <laughs> 14 actually yeah I well i
1: bought two. Oh, okay All right. <laughs> so uh, but i mean i and anyway somebody s- took a screenshot of that and put it on instagram and then like some cardinals re- uh, beat writer replied to it and oh johnny bench says he's a hall of famer and then the best fans in baseball got a hold of it Ooh. and just went crazy They a bunch of them were like snitch tagging molina himself and thank goodness he had more to well until this weekend I thought he had better things to do but uh but but, uh just you know for like four days I couldn't even turn the app on without getting some kind of a wise guy's response about how great Molina is and how dumb I am and who am I and how stupid I look and and everything else so that was fun I'm sure you know yeah, and the, the thing about it was all these guys were going to you're just trying to get attention. You're trying to get, I'm like, for what? Yeah. I'm, How's this help me? How has this helped me in any way? <laughs> like, what am I, what is the end game here? Am I, am I getting clicks to my website? That's giving me ad revenue. I'm, I'm all I'm doing is like putting a lightning rod on top of my house.
0: Exactly. You're trying to get those Cardinals fans to buy your book.
1: Yeah. Right. So I think one of them was kind enough to give us a one-star review on Amazon.
0: That's true. That did happen. You know, I didn't notice that, uh, I I was away from Twitter those during that time or something. I just was checking in a little bit and you told me a couple of days later, Oh my goodness, I've been, it's been an onslaught lately. And so I went to look and I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. And and then we did notice at some point later that there had been a one-star review uh, right around that time. Yeah. On this, Our only one-star review, fortunately. This
1: guy doesn't know anything or something like that.
0: Exactly. So basically what I'm saying is I need you all to go and drown out that one-star review on Amazon. <laughs> Leave us a five-star review for The Big 50 because Chris did such a good job writing that book. Um, you want to answer some viewer mail questions? I would love it. These, as always... Actual letters from actual viewers. I'm waiting for you to make a, 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 a oh, comment. Oh, if, if they
1: weren't, if they weren't, <laughs> would we be able to do this?
0: <laughs> no, I, usually I have Jason or or Bill, just the. You know, I'm, all in, on, I'm all in
1: on you, man. I, it. This is what it's called. Hashtag View Mail.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, the first questions we're going to answer come from uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash radio, where you can support the podcast if you want. Before we answer the first question, I want to give a shout out, a big thank you to our newest patron at Patreon. And I'm going to hope that I say this name correctly. I don't know how she would say it, but um, it's a unique last name Jake Oni, O N E Y. That's got to be Oni, right?
1: Yeah, wasn't honey. there a, wasn't there a red prospect really? named Oni at some point? Really, were you, Chris, Chris Oni or something like that?
0: Maybe Jake Oni sounds like a catcher to me.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: So, um, Jake, hey, thank you, man. Really appreciate you joining us uh, at Patreon, and appreciate all our patrons. And uh, thank you so much for joining, joining the fun here. First question we're going to take is from Patreon, and it's from. Philip Razor. Yes. You, you know this Philip Razor guy, right?
1: I am a fan of his work.
0: <laughs> Philip's question is, have you guys considered writing a book of the 50 most influential Reds Twitter personalities and where would I rank? Hashtag Razor Mail. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: have we considered that? I, uh,
1: <laughs> I don't think we a, have. Pa- more of a pamphlet than a book.
0: <laughs> right. More of a more of a brochure, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, so where would Philip rank in the book of the 50 most influential Reds Twitter uh, personalities?
1: Well, you've got Coop. You've got Coop.
0: You've got, you got Marty's Burner account.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not talking about that.
0: No, we're not talking about that. But uh, he said he has an account.
1: so uh, So if you know what to look for, you can find it.
0: Right. Yeah. So we're, that's all we're going to say about that. Although I will say that the first person that ever alerted me to it was one Chris Garber. And that's that's all we'll say. Very good detective work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Coop's up there. I think uh, maybe, maybe just Coop and, and Razor, don't you think? One and two.
1: Uh, it's, it says influential. So yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think I don't know how you rank them. Phil could be one on some people's list. Coop on the other. Um, Coop, the host of the uh, Hunt for Reds October podcast. But uh, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go Philip one, Coop two, and
1: uh, I, yeah, I think it's during during the season and like during the off season. I enjoy Coop's uh, other hashtag content.
0: There you go. He does have some hashtag content um, uh, that is good. So that's where we'll go. So in season, it's uh, uh Philip Razor out, off season Coop. Um, second question comes from Stephen Offenbaker. Stephen, of course, the host of the Reds Alert podcast. This is like
1: a podcast podcast. Oh, man,
0: we love podcasts. A lot of good Reds podcasts right now. Uh, Steven's question is, is it time for the Reds to buy out Castillo's remaining contract years and extend him at the same time? It's always a risk with pitchers, but in my opinion, it would be a smart move. You want to take this one or you want me to take it?
1: Uh, go for it.
0: I think that, yes, they should absolutely be looking to extend Castillo for as long as they can. It's a risk, but if you're ever when are the Reds ever going to have a pitcher that they would consider wanting to keep around long-term if it's not Luis Castillo? Right now. Now I don't know if Steele would agree to it. You know, pitchers are a different animal though. You know, uh, he, he knows as well as the Reds do that his arm could blow out tomorrow. Hashtag hunter green. And oh do not tell him about this podcast, please. <laughs> um, so I think the Reds should be exploring it. <sighs> you know, I don't know, you're, you're sort of buying it at a high point right now in some ways, but then again, you know, you'll get a discount because you're extending with uh, with arbitration years left. I think I explore it. Yes, I think yes, I do.
1: I think they do. And I, I just looking back, the, the the Reds haven't had a good young – they haven't had any pitcher like this, but they haven't had a good young pitcher like this since Johnny Cueto. Cueto, right. And Johnny Cueto – so Castillo's 26 this year. Cueto's 26 – age 26 season was 2012 when he won 19 games, uh, was fourth in the Cy Young voting. And I think that's when – they extended him then, right?
0: I think so. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The,
1: the small extension that the he first, had.
0: Right. Yeah. The one before that people right. forget.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it's clearly the a reasonable time to do it. I think if the Reds could go back, obviously they would have extended Cueto for even longer. So I'm with you. Ex- extend uh, Castillo for as long as he'll let you.
0: Yeah. It's, it, it is always a risk with pitchers, but again, who better than Castillo? It's worth the risk because yeah. if he is Luis Castillo, then you're going to get a bargain.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, if you th- if you think every pitcher has a roughly equal injury risk or flameout risk, then you should bet on the guy who has the highest upside.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and knock on wood, uh, he's not shown a, a real propensity to get injured to this point. So, yeah, I know. Ben Johnson at patreon.com slash redleg radio. He asks, looking forward to hearing the two authors of the best Reds book ever written on the world's most dangerous podcast. What, wait, wait, Chris, did, did we write the uh, 100 Things Reds fans should know or do before they die? I don't think that was us, was it?
1: <laughs> that was not. I and mean, we should get Joel on here.
0: Shout out to Joel Luckup. Uh, Ben's viewer mail question. Because I'm an actual viewer, this is a guy that gets it. Ben Johnson gets it. If you were to do a second Reds book, what would it cover? Pretty well. Ob- it's pretty obvious to me, right? It's a it's a biography of Adam Dunn.
1: You know, I, th- that that is there are two books that if we had the the access, the ability, the time, and the money to do uh, that would be the dream. That's one, and the other is. Hitting His Life by Joey Votto with Chris Garber and Chad Dotson. Oh, my
0: goodness. Can you imagine being able to just sit and pick Votto's brain?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be like 900 pages. It's going to be like 500 pages. It's like a Bill Simmons book. Right. 450 is about Votto and hitting, and 450 is just Votto talking about things.
0: And, that, you know, the done thing, obviously, is a joke, although I think that would be fun. I don't think anyone would buy it. But, uh, but the Votto thing, man, that would be a fun book, a really fun book. Now you you also you know we we had several things during the, the the writing of the Big Fifty where we thought oh you know this is something we'd like to explore a little further maybe and Frank Robinson was one to me and I think you had um, the uh, you know the, the civil rights trailblazers for the Reds I think was something yeah I don't yeah, know if there's a yeah. book there or not but man what a fun topic to to cover so is there anything else that you can think of that uh, you'd like to do we're just gonna stick with Votto and Dunn.
1: I think that's it for me.
0: So I think we'll write a book, and it will be Votto and Dunn, the two greatest left-handed hitters in Red's history. We'll just put them together.
1: That's a good idea. Yeah. Let's just, do that. I, I'm kind of thinking of like a trilogy, though.
0: Ah.
1: Like a Lord of the Lord of the Bats kind of a thing. <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: We're going to have to work on this, okay? Yeah. This is in the early stages of development.
1: Sean Casey, point <laughs> oh, three.
0: Oh my, goodness. oh,
1: my goodness. Oh, man.
0: I'm uh, I'm a little verklempt.
1: Pre-orders are available now.
0: <laughs> right, yes. John Kennedy asks us at Patreon, after the first Cleveland series, there were 21 games before the All-Star game. I figured the Reds needed to go 15-6 and for a realistic shot at the National League Central or playoffs. They went 11-10, 11-10, which wasn't bad considering how the other teams fared. And even though they're only four and a half back, there are so many teams between them and a playoff spot. Is it too optimistic to think they'll take one of those spots? I've kind of already addressed this. I don't think they will. But I don't think it's too optimistic to think that they can. I mean, I think they're in the mix. I think there's a better chance of them winning the Central than there is the wild card. Fewer teams have got to go over and, uh, you know, just four and a half back. But I, it's going to be a tough ask the rest of this season. And, I, I, you know, I'm not going to bet the ranch on it. But I don't think it's completely out of the question.
1: I don't. I mean, baseball reference gives them over a 10% chance to make the playoffs. <laughs> that's, and I, I think what, that's about right.
0: Yeah, and when's the last time they had that high of chance this late in the season? That's a real chance. Yeah. Jim Conley asks, and this is another guy that gets it. Jim Conley, my man, gets it. Because he begins his question with hashtag viewer mail. Regardless of where the Reds finish in the standings this season, I think we can all agree 2019 has been an enormous step forward in decision-making throughout the organization. Are you guys confident that this new front office approach will finally be the needed direction for success? One recent initiative I can point to be the Reds' aggressiveness on the international signing period, branching out to players from Venezuela, Colombia, Curacao, and several from the Dominican Republic. So, what do you think, Chris? Are you confident that uh, the the current front office as it's made up and their new approach will is uh, they're going in the right direction?
1: I'm I'm very confident in that that leadership team, and the only wild card is the owner. Uh, sometimes gets impatient. And sometimes wants to do things that may not be consistent with the plan, but I think that's why it's so important that the Reds are having a pretty good season this year because I think it buys time for the plan to you know continue on
0: yeah, I think that's a great point the The, the moves over the off season it really sort of indicated to all of us that whoa, something different is going on here, but i didn't truly believe that the Reds were operating differently until they completely <laughs> cut bait on Matt Kemp and Zach Duke because that never would have happened in the past. Just eat eat that money and and move on. So yeah, I'm pretty confident in this group uh, as long as they're left to their own devices. I think Dick Williams, the president of baseball operations, I think uh, Nick Crawl, I think these guys, uh, the GM, I think they, uh, I'm I'm fairly pleased with uh, with what they're doing. Andrew Scott Wills. This is a sort of baseball-adjacent question. We always encourage uh, in our viewer mail questions, they can be about the Reds. Most of them are, but they can be about anything. It doesn't matter. Andrew Scott Wills asks, what's your go-to ballpark beer? Go-to ballpark beer. You got an answer to that one?
1: I, I'm not that particular. I, I'm a beer snob to the extent that I don't want to drink kind of a mass-produced light beer. But other than that, just I'll take whatever IPA they have on hand.
0: Yeah, if you, and if you're a beer guy, Great American Ballpark is a place, a good place to be these days. Really great selection, depending on where you go in the stadium. But you want to know which one? I I don't get it every time I'm there, but that I try to often. Natterday? <laughs> no, Utie. I can try to get a Utie pole. Yeah. They still sell that. I do it just because that's you know I I got a you know buddy here that uh, he's a little older and he remembers going to. He, Crosley Field and, and getting a utipole now that like, you know what that's it's kind of a Cincinnati thing I'm gonna get a yeah, utipole
1: so I, deal. I don't
0: every time but every once in a while I'll try to get one so my go-to ballpark beer to the extent that I have one would be utipole and that it's the only one that I can remember getting more than once <laughs> formerly Mike Hudson I don't know what he is currently but his name on Patreon now is formerly Mike Hudson <laughs> if Sonny Gray has us and we met uh, I think at one of our uh we met Mike I think you did as well at one of our uh, book signings, actually. Or we met formerly my cousin. It might have been at Red's Fest. If Sonny Gray has a son, will he call him Grand Sunny? <laughs> I think if Sonny Gray's That's... son has a son, it'll be Grand Sonny,
1: right? I, I don't... Y- 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 there's a lot of things right now that have me confused. <laughs> I, I, so I'm looking at Sonny Gray's profile on MLB.com. And number one, his Twitter handle is Sonny Gray 2. So is he Sonny Gray the son already? Sonny Gray Jr., perhaps. Right. Uh-huh. But more importantly, it says his nickname is Pickles.
0: <laughs> really? Pic- Wait a minute. Why is he going by Sonny if he has a sweet nickname like Pickles?
1: Pickles Gray.
0: Pickles Gray. Oh, boy, that sounds like one from
1: 1892. It really does, yeah. Oh.
0: Sonny Gray's submitting a train. himself. Yeah, he's really submitting himself as a as a fan favorite right now. Um, I'm going to call him Grand Sonny to the extent that I ever have an opportunity to call Sonny Gray's son anything. I don't know. <laughs> Jeff Walter asks, at least, and this is a good question. I love this question, Jeff. At least two Major League Baseball players, Colin McHugh of the Astros and Ross Stripling of the Dodgers, host their own podcasts. Which current Reds would put out the most enjoyable podcasts? Joey Votto's number one, right? And I think we probably both agree Joey Votto is absolutely number one. You agree with that? Agree. So let's, pick, uh, let's leave Joey Votto out of the mix. Which current Red would put out the most enjoyable podcast? Wow. You know what I would actually say, as uh, maybe I'm cheating here, because I think it's, uh, it's going to be a two-person podcast with Jesse Winker and Amir Garrett.
1: Those guys are great. They're hilarious guys. together. Were they on? Was that Jim Jim Day's show that I heard them?
0: Yeah, but the first time I saw them was they were playing Fortnite on the Reds broadcast one night. They had like one of these uh, pregame, uh, you know, specials where they went and watched them play Fortnite. It was just hilarious. And so those guys
1: are great together.
0: The great personalities, really fun. Love those guys. So that's what I'm going to go with.
1: That's a great. There's a lot of, of fun personalities on the Reds. I mean, Suarez is a, is a, a oh, really goodness. interesting guy, and Iglesias kind of seems. Seems cool from what I've seen him talk a little bit. And Sinzel is interesting. Barnhart is a very – can explain the game really well.
0: Friend of the podcast, Tucker Barnhart. He's been on here two or three right. times. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's the one thing I said earlier today. These Reds may not be great, but they're fun. There's a bunch of great personalities. Luis Castillo seems like he's got a great personality, you know. Uh, Suarez, certainly. Uh,
1: Puig. Yeah.
0: Can you imagine Josiel <laughs> Puig?
1: Radio Puig. I think that might be the answer. Radio Puig.
0: Um, I don't know. Uh, Jared Hughes, I guess. What about the? Uh, let's see. What about the Kirkasalli podcast? I'm not sure that would be a. I'm not sure that would be very exciting. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. You know. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I, there's only one that I can think of from a current athlete. That's a pretty good podcast. It's uh, J.J. Reddick. You know J.J. Reddick? Basketball, sure. bas- basketball player. Formerly of uh, my favorite team, the Philadelphia 76ers.
1: Oh, I thought you meant Duke Blue Devils.
0: This has been Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 276. <laughs> Chris's last episode, uh, ironically. Uh, um, no, I, I, I only root for champions. Um <laughs> But JJ Reddick, man, the six the Sixers. <laughs> well, come on, you went Duke, so we're going to the college game now. Okay, I do cheer for the currently. Hey, you remember Sharif Abdul Rahim? His son just committed to Virginia. No, there you go. Anyway, um, JJ Reddick's podcast is great. It's on the Ringer Podcast Network, but it's uh, it's really good. He gets all the you know, Kyrie Irving was on there talking about the flat Earth, and I mean, it's it's fun. <laughs> so. Hooper Powell. Hooper Powell, another guy that we met at the, met Hooper. At the Columbus uh, signing. Book of Yeah, that was a great one. I find the home run derby absolutely boring. On that note, who would win a home run derby between uh, me, Mr. Lack, and Mr. Linden? I'm going to add you in there, Mr. Garber as well. Who would win a home run derby with those four competitors? And also, would Mr. Lack go old school and swing a 34-ounce bat? <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. He, Bill is gonna whatever. Bill is gonna have a thirty-four ounce wooden bat with tape on the handle.
0: It's gonna be a Babe Ruth special, no question about yes. it. Yes. So who's gonna win a home run derby between me, you, uh, Bill, and Jason?
1: I don't know. I uh, my my kids' baseball team had their end of season party and they had a parents against uh, kids game using a tennis ball, and I very nearly. Uh, hurt my back to the point where I couldn't walk for three days.
0: Okay, but I will say this: I do believe that if we're talking about who were the uh, of the four who the actual best player was when we actually played, I'm probably going to go with Garber.
1: I wasn't very good. Well, okay, but you
0: didn't see me play. <laughs> um, uh, Jason, I don't know. He talks bad about his game, and I don't know that I've ever talked about Bill about how he played. Uh, I know Bill played soccer in the Navy. Bill's a soccer player. so Everybody tweeted Bill. Hashtag Bill loves soccer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say this, I'm very proud to say that, uh, I'm the, probably the only, I'm guessing you, you may, uh, call me out on this one. I'm guessing I'm the only person of the four who has two children who have hit home runs over the, uh, over the fence in the last 12 months.
1: That's pretty good. And no, I can't say that
0: your kids are little still, so they're not quite ready there. Um, my daughter hit one in softball this year. Very exciting.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: Oh man. We were pretty excited. So anyway, uh, and, and bill only has one child. And Jason's children are little as well, so that's why I'm safe saying that. All right, J- Joseph Prince. Now here's where we're talking about Wood earlier. I knew Joseph had this question, and uh, we we talked about about Alex Wood, but we're really getting into this. His question is: Should Alex Wood be a reliever this season? And then he says, hashtag Listener Mail. Wait, <sighs> we should just—that's not even answer that one. Nah, pass. Should, pass. <laughs> should Alex Wood be a reliever this season?
1: I, I mean. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back so. to what you were talking about. Yeah. How, do you, how do you use him? Yeah, I, I think that's probably the best. I mean, I don't know if he's one of those Homer Bailey guys that says he can't, <laughs> you know, warm up with less than 45 minutes notice or whatever. But yeah. if he if he's possibly able to pitch, I think that might be the best way to get him in games helping the team. The most, the fastest.
0: Maybe, but if you can get him stretched out, I'd probably take him over Anthony de Scalfani. Although D Scalfani has been fine. He's been good for most of the year. I mean, he's a number five, in terms of number five starters, he's probably been as good as anyone in baseball, really. uh, but, yeah. uh You know, but Alex Wood is really talented. I agree. <laughs> I want him starting. I don't know if we're going to see it or not. All right, a few more. Let's go uh let's go over to Twitter and maybe we'll do sort of a lightning round here. All right. Of a few questions. So we'll try to get in and out quickly. Uh David Moore underscore W V at David Moore underscore W V at twitter.com slash red Leg radio asks David from Best Virginia here. You, you see what he did there?
1: I I got that. I like yeah, that.
0: I don't appreciate that. Have you seen the third season of Stranger Things? I think it's the best season yet. And then he has a Reds question after that. So let's uh have you seen the third season of Stranger Things?
1: I've seen three episodes.
0: I've seen five.
1: Have you see, I was told that if you watch episode four, then you're you won't be able to stop until you're done. So I've purposely been waiting until the weekend.
0: I hadn't heard that, but it's true. Episode four was really good. Um the first episode of that I mean, I like that show. I'm not crazy crazy like a lot of people are about it. I like it a lot. The first episode I was like, oh, this is it was just sixty minutes essentially of Hey, let's see how many 1980s references we can throw at you. Yeah, yeah. whatever. That goes a little. That goes a long way. Um, But yeah, as we've gone on, and uh, after we finish this podcast, I may go um, see if the wife wants to power through some more. We watched number four last night, late last night, and so um, we watched number five after I got home from work today. And so, uh, (laughs) so yeah, we're we're going to power through. Uh, Both my kids have watched it and just blew them away. So. Anyway, it may be the best season yet. We can't answer that one. His Reds question: When will the announcement be made about the trade for Francisco Lindor? I predict before Ju- July thirty
1: first. I would say on the thirty first, uh, and that the morning of.
0: Okay, morning up. So uh, what do you think? Like uh, eleven ten, eleven twelve.
1: Yeah, something like that. Eleven uh,
0: ten forty nine. Ten forty nine. There we go. On July thirty first, at Speed Force KG. Speed Force KG, I like it. Do you feel that Amir Garrett being out on the uh, injured list right before the All-Star break was partially due to how Bell has been using the bullpen so far this season? You want that one or you want me?
1: Lightning round answer, my answer is no.
0: I don't think so either. Yeah, I'm just, uh, maybe, but I don't know if there's any way that we can know that. So I'm going to I'm gonna say no as well. Seth Shainer at Shainer asks, To what degree has your fame increased since the release of The Big 50? <laughs> The men and moments that made the Cincinnati Reds.
1: Well, infinity plus infinity.
0: My fame has actually decreased. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> sad. Um, <laughs> also, what will Joey Votto's on-base percentage be by season's end? I'm guessing 417. Ah, Seth, I like the way you're thinking.
1: It's about what you said, isn't it? Yeah,
0: it's going to be that neighborhood. I'm going to go 418, just a one-up. There we go. Says Shaner. What do you say?
1: Uh, 389.
0: Get out of town with that nonsense. Seth Young at S. Young 927, the Reds can't be serious contenders if they continue to keep feckless relief pitchers such as Wandy Peralta in their bullpen, right?
1: I agree, but he's n- not in the bullpen, is he?
0: He's, he's injured right now. I, again, I expect him to be in the bullpen. Maybe by the time people listen to this, but maybe not. Wandy Peralta's had two good months as a Red. It was April, uh, you know, his first season, and then April this season. That's about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, good spring training. Once again, put the, put 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 that down for when next March when we're listening to someone talk. The two best players in the Reds this spring were Juan e Peralta and right. Scott Shevler.
0: Exactly. He won it. He won the center field job. He won it. Yeah. You know, I think if you're a reliever, if you can just have a good spring training and a good April, you can make a lot of money in the big leagues. Yeah, that's what we found out. Frank Novak at the Frank Novak. So this is the Frank
1: Novak. Not a Frank Novak. No, not
0: just any old Frank Novak. This is the Frank Novak. His question is, at twitter.com slash Radio. are these your real personalities or just characters you play in the world's most dangerous (laughs) podcast?
1: (laughs) You don't want Uh, want to know the answer to that. Uh, You know what, Frank? If, If I... I, if I could choose, I would not choose to be this way on purpose.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Well, it's just we're this is a cross that we have to bear, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, also, what position does Frank Novak play? He asks. You know, we have this little uh, running gag about uh, picking
1: Frank players. Novak. Frank Novak is a possession wide receiver. Actually,
0: you know, I think you're right. He's not a baseball player. He's a football player. He's a football player, but he's a really good one. He's he's a, you know a guy that. You're gonna want with a good quarterback because when you need eight yards, yep, you're throwing it to this guy. Go okay. back across the middle. He's he's not afraid of that. All right, thank you for the question, the Frank Novak JoJo Jammer at win one Super Bowl. As we say every week, clearly that's a Bengals fan at win one Super Bowl. You guys looking forward to the second half as much as me? How any Reds fan cannot be excited about where we currently stand compared to the recent past is beyond me. Hope the front office makes the moves that'll keep us relevant throughout the remainder of the season. Are you looking forward to the second half as much as JoJo Jammer? Almost. Yeah, I'm not doing anything in life as much as JoJo Jammer. He's just he's just way ahead.
1: But yeah, I I, I like you said earlier, I really enjoy this team. I enjoy this, this team. I, you know, I was th- thinking about a few years ago, like 2013 team, which was maybe more successful. But uh, gosh, I didn't like that team.
0: Yeah. Um. Garrett Mann at Movie Man ninety eight. Cody Reed, Sal Romano, Brandon Finnegan. All in the bullpen? Question mark.
1: <laughs> Someone's bullpen. Yeah, yeah. That's where they warm up.
0: <laughs> Romano's actually been starting at Louisville the last couple.
1: Yeah, Romano's through. starting. I was hoping to see him. The the Louisville was up here in Columbus last weekend, but um no, Reed only. Romano is gonna start probably for some other team, and Brandon Finnegan. Will be a reliever in the minor leagues.
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't know what happened to that guy. Reds fan Chad at CDS62. Now this is not me. This is, this is Reds fan account? Chad. Yeah, this is my burner account. What is the best thing you've ever won in a contest? Ooh. <laughs> what is the best thing that you've ever won in a contest? This is the last viewer mail question of the night.
1: Contest or sweepstakes?
0: Let's say let's include sweepstakes in this question.
1: Yeah. Well, I won tickets to the Masters practice rounds. That was pretty great.
0: Wow! How, what kind of a contest was this? Well,
1: it's just a lottery you enter to get tickets to the Masters practice uh, round. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess that's. True. I had to buy them still, I guess. But I've
0: entered that lottery a hundred times and never got anything. Yeah, um, I've got two answer to that. Uh, really, truly, the best thing I ever won in a contest was one time I entered a uh, a contest and won. It was uh, from Italy. It was a uh, it was a leg lamp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, a very important, very prestigious major award. award. Major award. Yeah. Major award, that's right, a major award. It was for Gile. Um The best thing I ever won in a contest was an, another sort of lottery for um, tickets. And they were tickets to the 2019 Final Four, NCAA Tournament Final Four.
1: Basketball?
0: Yes, basketball. Okay. It was uh, – then UVA Alumni Association had a uh, – that's the University of Virginia. Had, a, had to enter a lottery to get tickets in the UVA section for the Final Four. I won tickets, and they were actually weren't that expensive at that rate. And went to Minneapolis. And uh, by the way, Virginia won the national championship. All right, we've kind of killed this thing, haven't we? It's dead. It's completely dead. This is Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 276. Thanks for listening to us. If you've been listening this long, you know how you can subscribe. I'm sure iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find Red Leg Nation Radio. Spotify, just look for us. Search for us. Uh, and if we're not there, let me know because we should be. If you want to go to Apple Podcasts slash iTunes and leave us a five star review, we would appreciate that. You can find us on Twitter at Red Leg Radio. He's at C. Garber 8. I'm at Dotson C. And uh, we're at Red Leg Radio, as I said, and at Red Leg Nation, plus RedLegNation.com, where we've been following the Reds every single day since 2005. Chris, you got any parting thoughts for us here?
1: Uh, I have no more wisdom. Enjoy the second half.
0: Going to absolutely enjoy the second half. Great talking to you, as always, Chris. For Chris Garber and Jim Bowden, rest in peace. This is Chad Dotson saying...